This is Gotham TV Podcast Episode 88, where we are looking at Episode 9 of Season 3, Gotham Mad City, The Executioner. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord-Taylor, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to this episode of Gotham TV Podcast, where we're looking at episode 9 in this, the third season of Gotham, The Executioner. We definitely get Judy. Yes, we do. <laughs> we really do get Judy. That's, uh, that's Judge Judy and Executioner, yes. <laughs> Justice is served cold, hard, and with many ropes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. What an opening to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than our suggestible uh, episode picture from last week. Mm. Yeah, that was a very, Which, it didn't look great, and I put it up on Twitter, actually. Or um, Facebook. Or Facebook. Oh, well. Hey. Yes. Very suggestive. <laughs> um, but we have Captain Barnes to keep us in line. Yes, um, we are back with this episode, and uh, as always, you can listen to us on gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes, or go to any other hero or villain podcast catcher. Mm. Uh, just search Gotham TV Podcast, subscribe, leave a review if you want to, um, uh, but please come and join us for our discussions on everything Gotham. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Derek. And this other host here is John. Oh, yes, I completely forgot all that. <laughs> yes, this is the other host of Gotham TV Podcast, me, yes. John. Yes, yes, just in case you didn't know who we are. Uh, we're nine episodes into uh, season three of Gotham over in Ireland. Um, it's just finished off in the US uh, as we're recording this episode. Apparently a great end to uh, to season three. So really looking forward to that in uh, 12 weeks time, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but many no, weeks time. Yes. And it seems to be all good news coming from uh, Facebook and Twitter, although I am trying not to get spoiled. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, sadly, um, it's too late for Derek. I may have gotten spoiled a little bit, but that's okay. I'll keep those those opinions. Uh, as we go through the episodes, I'll, I'll make sure that I empty them out of my head. It's quite easy at my age to do that. So he will grand. go Captain Barnes on you. <laughs> but this episode is obviously a spoiler-filled review of uh, Gotham Season 3, Episode 9, The Executioner. Um, this episode was written by John Baring, who's actually written four other episodes of Gotham so far. He did uh, All Will Be Judged, uh, which is coming up later on in the season. And he's done uh, this ball of mud and meanness which we remember very well. Very good. And the fearsome Dr. Crane, Crane yeah, the first really of, those, of the two-part Scarecrow episodes, I suppose, in, in season one. So uh, heavily involved. And another person heavily involved in the show so far is Ken Woodruff, who has written 10 episodes of the show so far. We've seen wow. him. He's one of the main uh, main producers on the show and has written 10 episodes of the show. So um, they do work together again on, uh, on All Will Be Judged later on in the season. So looking forward to what they give us there. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis of this episode. Sure. Driven mad by the virus, Nathaniel Barnes renounces the rules and procedures of the GCPD to become judge, jury, and executioner, murdering any criminals that cross his path as he proclaims justice is served. Barnes increasingly sees Jim Gordon's suspicion towards him and attempts to frame Gordon for the murder of a low-level criminal, but is unable to convince the GCPD after Harvey and Lee falsify reports of Barnes's infected blood. 
After a showdown, Barnes is arrested and incarcerated in Arkham Asylum. Elsewhere, a distraught Edward Nigma suspects Butch Gilzean of murdering the love of his life, Isabella, as Oswald continues to cover his tracks of her murder, promising to bring retribution to Butch. Ivy Pepper finally reveals herself to Selina and Bruce, explaining her new adult form. However, after stealing an expensive necklace, she has been tracked and followed by a group of unknown men trying to reclaim the stolen necklace. As Bruce, Selina and Ivy escape the three men, they try and return the necklace to the original owner, only to find him dead. In an attempt to figure out what to do next, the necklace is smashed, revealing a secret key contained within. Oh, yes. Having Ivy Pepper back. We've got Maggie Gihas, a version of Ivy Pepper back on the show. Uh, we hadn't really seen too much of her since the transformation into the older version of Ivy Pepper. Uh, very cool to see her back here and, and cool to get the uh, kind of the Scooby gang of Bruce and definitely, Selena and definitely. Ivy together. It's quite cool. Um, but we're going to go into how we cover our episodes. Yes, we look at our top five points of each episode, um, case notes, if you will, Mm -hmm. and uh, we go through these, run through them, and then we look at our Bullockism of the week. And of course, for anyone who is a fan of Javier Bullock, please uh, send in your Bullockism of the week Mm -hmm. in this season, or in fact, in any season of Gotham, you can come and and, uh, send in the Bullockism of the week to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com or you can leave it on our Facebook group just search facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast leave uh, the bullockism of the week and you'll be entered into this lovely little prize draw in order to get one of these vinyl pops Mm -hmm. of the good old Harvey Harvey. Bollock Little Harvey Bullock is cool, Bullock, isn't it? Even. <laughs> it's very dangerous, very dangerous Slip name. of the tongue there, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but let's get into our top uh, five case notes for the week. John, number one really has to be Barnes. Justice is served, doesn't it? Cold, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, he is the slaw. He really is going uh, completely judge dread on, on this. He really is. Tonight he proclaims, I am the law. Mm. Um, yeah, sex trafficking, drugs, and murder as he gets three unfortunate fellows who should be behind bars yeah. and goes to string them up. Yeah, really interesting here. Barnes is really taking it out on the people he hasn't been able to arrest over his time in the GCPD. Um, it's it's really interesting that he's been keeping files on these guys. Uh, and, and that is a great opening scene for the episode. These three guys in nooses on chairs as Barnes kicks the chairs over and uh, killing all three of them. Um, he's really going all out and taking the law into his own hands in the city now. Definitely. I, like This is a really good sort of... Uh, disintegration of Barnes. It really is um, good seeing him being self-righteous, to be honest. Yeah. Um, like, I do think as well, with his his whole sort of com- confrontation with Jim as well in this episode, mm. the, there were moments where I was just there going, Jim, you've done all this as well. <laughs> and in fact, you know, Barnes does call it out with regards to Azrael, to um, the previous mayor of Gotham, Galavan. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Jim really maybe can't preach too much to him. And I'm glad they kept that preaching down to a minimum, although he did have a bit of it. But you are kind of going, 
you've kind of done the same thing. Uh, you've made your bed in a in fairly messy places at some points through these first three seasons of Gotham. Yeah. And Barnes, in effect, is doing that, albeit through infection rather than his own will. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of like Barnes. I, I kind of like the fact that, as well, he was kind of onto Jim as well and that he set him up with this framing of, of Jim as a murderer murderer of a low-level kind of criminal. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And I, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it is it is a bit of a shame that he's not flown under the radar for a bit longer. I would love to have seen uh, Captain Barnes just get progressively more psychotic. <laughs> uh, but I suppose it would have been difficult to to hide with all those broken chairs around the GCPD. Absolutely. And, and dead criminals and actually, within the yeah. cells. I don't know whether there would be that many criminals left in Gotham. He takes out, what, five <laughs> guys in just two episodes where he's been the executioner. He's killed five people. Uh, don't need Batman Almost now. a sixth. Absolutely. <laughs> We're done. Uh, Gotham's all clean. <laughs> but that's, I suppose that's kind of the deal. He's, he's effectively thinks he's like Batman bringing justice to the streets of Gotham, but killed, killing people, uh, which is something that Batman doesn't do. So um, so it is quite interesting. I love, as you say, that moment between Jim and Barnes where they're kind of going back and forth a little bit. Uh, Jim talking to Barnes about the fact that he's his inspiration. He's the one that's telling him uh, you can you that you don't win the war, you win uh, win each battle at a time, really, is, is the conversation they had before. So, um, so seeing his inspiration for his return to the GCPD now turning to the dark side is difficult for Jim as well. Uh, I do love how the scene was shot in the car though i love the kind of the, that streets of san francisco that real 70s look it's definitely that, i think this is what they were aiming for in the first season of the show there was going to be a lot more um gotham central uh storylines storylines set around the police department so an episode like this which is set around the cops investigating other cops was pretty much what they were aiming for at the beginning and it's kind of it's meandered along uh, to get to a point here where they have a full episode that really feels like a cop show set in gotham yeah, and involving the whole of the GCPD, you know, with Lee Tompkins mm-hmm. uh, and with Harvey Bullock effectively, you know, uh, lying to save their friend Jim mm-hmm. uh, because of his suspicions. So, yeah, really, uh, really good. I was interested that Barnes knew so much that Dr. Smith had said something, a final few words and, and all this kind of thing. So he, he really had been keeping an eye on, on this case. Uh, so I kind of liked that. I liked how, um, you know, whilst Jim was suspicious of Barnes, that Barnes or equally was suspicious back of, of Jim sort of poking his nose in and so on. So it was really good. Absolutely. Um, really, really good to see this kind of, um, this kind of story centered around the GCPD mm-hmm. involving all of the GCPD. Yeah. Uh, really was. Yeah. Um, definitely. It's cool. And I, I do like the touch of Barnes having his, uh, having his shotgun with him at all times, uh, <laughs> giving it to Jim and, and, you know, killing somebody else in front of Jim as well. I love the, I love their, I love their interplay between each other and the final showdown as well. Yeah. Cool. I was wondering, did Barnes go all veiny on him though? Mm. I didn't really see that. I didn't see. The, the veins popping like he did in, in the, the lose with, with Smith. Um, cause I was wondering <laughs> the when they were doing fight, the, the, the whole punch up, uh-huh. I was kind of wondering, you know, is Jim going to find himself being hurtled through the brick wall, mm. um, and, and down onto the street? Yeah. I'm sure. But, um, I, I, I like the whole, 
vibe, as you said, that whole Streets of San Francisco vibe was like excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Proper. And that's another good thing about the timeless quality, I think, of Gotham, what they do. It can have that feel. It can also feel quite modern in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some of the laboratories, uh, certainly with Indian Hill and, um, what was it the warehouse from season one, season two? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm wondering whether to answer the question about the about the veins. I wonder if that's because Barnes has now accepted this as as part of him. He's accepted the blood and is now saying he doesn't say that he's infected. He doesn't want to tell Jim uh, who he is and what he and, and and that he's become this um, heightened version of himself because he thinks Jim will just say it's an infection. Um, it feels like he's gone with it now. He's accepted what's happening to him himself. So I'm wondering if that's why it's not manifesting the way it was in the past because he was fighting against it in the past. Yeah, and you, you know? yeah, it could be. And of course, now he is also then just going kind of rocking slowly back and forth in Arkham Asylum, <laughs> talking about the voices guilty. And, and justice and yeah, guilty. Uh-huh. Yeah, poor Captain Barnes. But I think we should go on to our second point. Uh, one of our favorite characters returned. I did mention earlier on. Uh, case note two is Ivy, and I love her quote: "I meet men from Gotham, and they give me things. If you dress like this, they just give you things." Uh, to Selena, um, really cool to see some some proper amount of of Maggie Gyllenhaal's version of of Ivy Pepper in the show. Yeah, this was the first kind of episode where really you felt as though you were getting to know this new incarnation. Mm. She popped up briefly, strutting. Uh, around Sirens Bar. That's right. And obviously um, getting more men to give her more things and then knocking them off. Yep. And um, obviously making the potions from the plants. Uh, really, um, really good little visual with the whole juddery camera as she she gets um, the the owner of this necklace that she's about to steal to, to have a good old sniff of the... Of the potion, so yeah, I mean, like she's really using her talents here, and it, it you know is definitely we 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 had the mushroom thing with younger Ivy Pepper, but mm-hmm. now we're seeing her probably more full on poison ivy in yeah. terms of what she's doing now with with the plants, mm-hmm. um that was you know really really good. I and I love the naivety though that's still there to some extent. I mean, even just the I meet men from Gotham and they give me things. It's yeah. kind of slightly you know it it's still got the 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 younger kid in there and mm-hmm. and definitely when coupled to her and Bruce having the trade off about how much she will give her for this necklace so that he can then return it to to its owner and mm-hmm. um, I, I love that you know it was kind of like uh, Doctor Evil from uh, from the movies where it was like I will give you. You know, Ivy thinks this is, like, fantastic. So much money to a girl who lives on the street, of course. (laughs) And then, of course, it gradually... It goes up to about five grand. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good day's work, Ivy. (laughs) I do like that when the uh, the necklace gets smashed later on and and, and she calls out, that's worth $5,000, you know. You can see it in Bruce kind of going, don't tell her how much it's really worth. (laughs) I can get $5,000 today and that'll sort out the problem, but it's worth a lot more than that, you know. Uh, really cool. Love the interplay between these characters, having, as I said, the threesome of uh, of Selena and Bruce and uh, and Ivy Pepper working together. There's just something about the interplay between the characters. They've always worked really well on screen Definitely. together. But now having a new actress in the role, you're kind of hoping that, that it would come across really well. Um, I love that there's the whole uh, the whole thing of her instantly realizing there's a relationship with, between 
Bruce and Selena. Thought that was really cool. <laughs> um, you know, she instantly realizes that you, you two are a couple now, aren't you? And both Selena and Bruce, of course, give different answers to that. It's uh, Bruce says yes, Selena says no. Bruce goes, "Are are we not a couple?" It's, it's, a, <laughs> work it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. Poor little you know, Bruce. Young love. It's still ironing out those those patches, mm-hmm. trying to really get to grips with their emotions. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Selena's not given Bruce anything here to play with at all, uh, unfortunately. Um, I, another one of the scenes I loved here is the reason why Selena knows that this grown adult who, who's calling herself uh, Ivy Pepper is her Ivy Pepper is because she eats all of her food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is one of the early lines that we saw from when they were in Barbara's apartment, I think, um, when Selena takes her up to Barbara's apartment. I think that was one of the early lines was, have you got anything to eat around here? I'm starving from um, from Ivy Pepper. I think that's where it's from. So uh, so she uses that again with Selena to convince her that she is, uh, that she is the right person. <laughs> yeah, the little street urchin is... Is always starving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did you think about that moment between Bruce and Ivy, where he says to her, "You do look nice," and it's a bit of a bit of a look from yeah. Toledo. Is that a I look? know. I think so. Yeah. I don't think there's trouble ahead. I suspect there won't be trouble ahead, but maybe there will be. <laughs> this is a mad city, after all. It certainly is. It certainly is. Um, John. Anything else about uh, about Ivy Pepper? No, I think we can go on to the Isabella Crisp, uh, burnt to a nice prawn cocktail flavored crisp. <laughs> I was really surprised at this. That's there goes the... our theory yeah. that she will have a long and illustrious storyline with Ed Nigma. <laughs> no, she is dead. Yeah, she is toasted. And poor Chelsea Spack, she just can't get a long running role <laughs> in the show. I know that that her original character did last for over a season and a half in the show and then got murdered by by Ed, but I was kind of expecting more with the Isabella character. I was kind of expecting that we'd learn more about um why she knew so much about Ed and why she wasn't so perturbed at Ed being a person that murdered his ex girlfriend, you know? I thought there would be a connection with um, with Professor Strange, I thought there might be a connection with Indian Hill. Uh, she might be another doppelganger or Clayface, but well, we'll never know right now unless uh, unless a third version of Chelsea Spack comes yeah. back. Unless she is brought back to life, mm. possibly again by Professor Strange, Maybe. who has been absent without leave for yeah. a while now, along yeah. with Fish Mooney, actually. Yeah. I can't wait to get these two back in. I love these two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Isabella as well, and I think um, I love the effect it has on Ed Nigma because I think it really um, it plays to that schizophrenic dual personality of Ed Nigma and the Riddler, and I, I really enjoyed that storyline. And whilst I know... He, he's become full evil, full Riddler. Um, it, I, I enjoyed that momentary kind of re- reversing back to Ed having doubts about himself. And I was hoping that it would play a bit more to that kind of great kind of, um, little effect and that nice little touchstone that they have for that where, you know, he's speaking to himself in the mirror, you get the shaky mm. Ed and as he switches between these two different characters, a really good trait of his. And I think it should be there to some degree still, even though he is full Riddler yeah. uh, here. Um, and I like that that was the kind of effect that Isabella uh, by looking like Kristen Kringle had really for for Ed Nigma. Yeah. Um, 
And I like I like in the episode that we do see um, kind of why Ed was so involved in the GCPD. Remember, he came from the GCPD in, in season one, season two. So uh, he does have his own investigation skills. So he's able to piece together the last moments of Christian Krangel's life. Slightly wrong outcome to, to his investigation. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, there's one other element that I really liked about this. It just struck me from our interview with Robin Lord Taylor, um, where he'd mentioned about what kind of how about his character of Oswald Cobblepot and about the fact that he doesn't know boundaries. It really has a moment in this episode which really stands out like that, where he gives Ed that hug, which is just that that little <laughs> that little moment too far. Ed's not ready for that kind of uh, that kind of relationship with Oswald. No, it's 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 a little too much, mm-hmm. just a little too much. Um, and but I I do love the kind of. You know, it, it's the the terror on Penguin's face as Ed is kind of talking out his theory. You know, the the brake line was cut; she was dead. Kind of on arrival at the scene, you have the the blind beggar who's giving him information as well, uh-huh. and he comes to the the theory correctly as to what's happened, but the person responsible, um, not so correct. Um, and of course, it is. Uh, Butch Gilzean, and I suppose that brings us on to our fourth case note, I think which so. is Butch's to blame in the eyes of Ed. And I, I do think that, um, you know, I really enjoyed Oswald's reaction to this, you know, he, and again, it comes back to the interview with Robin Lord Taylor that, you know, he just doesn't understand social behavior mm-hmm. it, it is all about him and he is quite happy to throw anyone or anything under the bus to preserve his um his in his, his himself just yeah. as himself or his pursuit of whatever he's after and in this case it's ed so of course he knows that it is going to be a really awkward conversation when ed finds out and i'm sure he will um but you know yeah I suspect there won't be very many hugs uh, after that. No, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't Not think really. so. Not really. But I kind of get the feeling that Oswald would throw Butch under the bus uh, to preserve that relationship with um, with Ed. I have a Definitely. feeling that if Oswald gets to him first and takes out poor Butch, um, before Ed finds out the truth is probably what Oswald's thinking and hoping will happen uh, so that they can preserve that. I'm sure he'll get Gabe on the case you never know in fact actually that was one of the questions that we we didn't get around to and asking when we were at heroes and villains fan fest Uh, we we did have a question for uh for uh drew powell who plays butch gilzean we uh, we wanted to know whether him and gabe do actually sort of hook up in terms of Mm. within the season and 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 just because of time constraints we weren't able to get to that question but um I just wonder if, you know, the Penguin is going to send Gabe out yeah. to track down Tabitha uh, and hence Butch. But it, it, it's, it, it will be really good that, um, you know, all of this is going to uh, mushroom cloud its way into <laughs> the season somehow. Because, I mean, at the moment, you know, if you think about what Ed Nigma and Oswald Cobblepot have, have built, uh, you know, they've gone from Arkham Asylum 
to under threat from Galavan mm-hmm. to being, you know, king and queen of, of, of Gotham yeah. in, in terms of the mayor and, and his right hand man. <laughs> you know, Ed is equally, it would seem, I did think he was going to be a bit duplicitous anyway yeah. uh, against Oswald, even though he saves Oswald from, from Butch. I just wondered whether his plan to Butch back in the Sirens was going to be some kind of, it really does reveal his cards, mm-hmm. but that he's still just biding his time because he's a strategist and he, you know, he will really make it pay and work out for him by, by letting it run that much longer. Um, so I, I did think that was kind of going to happen, but I think now it's going to be over the girl Isabella or yeah. the lady Isabella. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which kind of brings us on to our final point. It kind of tied into our first point, actually, to kind of wrap up the episode. The hero here is Bullock. Bullock is fantastic. Our, Bullock is really our winner. Yeah. He always has been. We do love Harry Bullock over and over Gotham TV podcast. Always have. Um, so I do love that he's the one that has to convince uh, Lee to step up and falsify records on Barnes this is the only way he's going to be able to convince the rest of the GCPD uh, about Barnes being the enemy now of, uh, of the GCPD. Their captain has turned against, uh, against the GCPD. So great to see Bullock have a moment of, uh, of leading the gang again uh, and bringing them to capture Barnes. It's, it's really good because I think up until maybe uh, a couple of episodes ago, uh, Harvey Bullock really was just chucking out the Bullockism of the week. And mm. however much we do like that, you know, I think in, in season one, we also saw him certainly in Spirit of the Goat, one of my favorite episodes, but That's even right. just his interaction, you know, in the diner, he, he, he felt Harvey Bullock. He had his issues. He had his drink that, that seemed to have gotten sidelined a bit. And in fact, we still do kind of have a, a much more, uh, upstanding Harvey Bullock at this stage, Absolutely. I think, in the GCPD. Jim um, jumped off on him. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I think it was really nice to see Harvey Bullock get a, a good hero moment mm-hmm. uh, in, in Gotham. I think, you know, it, it, it really works to have that. And again, I think it's playing to uh, just the, the, the strengths of, of, of the show in using all of these great actors and actresses to, 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 to step up at those, those moments. I, I thought it was really good. And, yeah. um, you know, again, it is going to pose several questions for Lee. She's, she's beginning to immerse herself, uh, ever deeper into Jim's life again. Absolutely. Um, so they, I think this is going to be the case of, you know, Love triangles all round because we've got Mario. Always. Mario's going to swing in with Luigi. Um, <laughs> you know, get get rid of him, maybe. <laughs> or we're going to see the you know the Falcons really coming back on the scene again. Yeah, which I really hope so. John Doman love him as Carmine, um, and it would be good to see Mario get some uh, some some re- some good pieces where um, you know he he is disintegrating into his father's profession. Possibly, maybe. possibly, yeah. They're, they're I'm t- saying disintegrating quite a lot, actually, in this episode. So <laughs> there's a lot of potential disintegration going there on is. in this uh, in this season of, of Gotham. There is, definitely. And Jim is playing a very dangerous game. And Lee's playing a very dangerous game going back to work in Jim the is GCPD a nightmare, with actually. Jim. It's really bad, isn't it? Like- he, he's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Why is he a nightmare, John? I think he is a nightmare because like, he is just... He's constantly at it. 
Like, he's just constantly going after the things he can't have. Mm, there is that moment in the episode here where he's trying to say thank you to Lee, and there's a, a bit of silence between the two of them, and then eventually he just says thank you and walks away. No, but he gives and her a touch yeah, as well. There's Meaningful. definitely that moment that it's that their relationship Jim. isn't over. Jim Bob. I know, I know. Um, before we go what into the bulletins of the week, because there is, is quite a few of them, any particular notes for the episode, John? Anything that stood out to you from the episode that we haven't talked about? Um, there's obviously the, the key, which is inside the necklace. Um, we don't know what the key opens, but it seems like it will take our little Scooby gang on a little case. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wonder this group of people who are chasing down um, Bruce, Selena, and Ivy, and of course... Uh, put one of uh, the guy's antiques straight through his eye. I wonder if they're the Court of Owls, actually. I wonder if it is owly related. Um, but yeah, what does the key mean? Mm. What will it open? Um, is it something brand new, even? Yeah. Like, is it, you know, it could be Court of Owls, but just something we're, we're not aware of. Because so far, Court of Owls has been about Indian Hill and, and all that. But they they have talked about controlling all aspects of Gotham. So Absolutely. What's this kid about? Or is this a completely new kind of entity arriving on Gotham? I think this is court related. I think no, this I is do. Related. The, I the do. fact that the Brutal Ganger is, uh, is still in their custody uh, since he tried to leave the city a couple of episodes ago, I have a feeling we're going to have that whole relationship back in. And you have to bring back in Bruce and Selena. And now, Ivy, you have to bring them back into that storyline. So hopefully we're going to see yeah. uh, see them back. Or maybe it's a really expensive Mercedes-Benz car key. Maybe, but I don't think so. <laughs> Any no, other? one of those uber-rich things that people will buy if they're uber-rich. If they're uber-rich. But putting it inside an end <clears throat> place would make it very difficult to open your car every day if you have to smash what Ivy thinks is $5,000. But did it smash or did it just, like, come apart? It felt like it smashed on the floor and... and had this inside it sealed yeah yeah because it looked like a gemstone in which case not entirely sure it should have smashed being right. a gemstone right an but emerald because it was green yeah yeah maybe 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 uh any other notes for the episode Tim? no um i think just to the bullockism of the week mm-hmm. um well we've got a couple we have two yes have two this i week. think the first one is definitely if Barnes so much as Jay walked, he would write himself a ticket. I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> do love that moment of, of disbelief from Harvey that, that his boss could be anything other than the stand-up member of uh, of the GCPD when he arrived. I uh, also love the moment where he's trying to convince Lee to uh, to uh, come on board with him and... Um, and and falsify these uh, these um, the blood tests for Captain Barnes uh, by saying that um, I can't lead the trigger happy kill bots that are the GCPD. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do like them being referred to as that. Um, we have a few other ones that were given to us by our listeners. Both of our listeners for our feedback have actually given us the same bullockism of the week. Um, Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, of course, you can leave feedback at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. You can leave feedback on any of the comments in our Facebook group. Just mm-hmm. head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash forward slash uh, Gotham TV podcast. Or, of course, even on Twitter, mm-hmm. if if the bullockism of a week or any comment is less than the uh, the number of characters, which I can't remember how many there are now on Twitter. 140, isn't it? It is 140, yeah. yeah. And that's it. Um, you can head over to Gotham TV podcast. Absolutely. At 
Gotham TV podcast. Exactly. And finally, if you want to send us some voicemail, now that the show's finished in the US, if you're catching up on our podcast as you go, uh, just leave us a voicemail over on our website at gothamtvpodcast.com. You'll see a little send voicemail button over on the side. Uh, press that and you can leave up to 90 seconds of your thoughts for each of our episodes. And we'd love to get some voicemail in. Absolutely. Certainly if you're rewatching, um, mm-hmm. it'd be great to, you know, did you spot anything earlier on in the, the episodes that, you know, later on you kind of go, oh, I see the significance mm-hmm. of that. That'd be really cool cool actually so but we'd love if you didn't spoil later episodes for us though oh absolutely (laughs) yeah if you have a spoiler on any of your comments from episode 10 onwards just say spoilers there be Mm -hmm. there be spoilers (laughs) um you know but our first piece of feedback comes from daniel butcher uh barnes well i'm still watching but just like agent grant ward from agents of shield it's pretty hard for barnes to come back to the angels Mm -hmm. That was pretty a pretty big turn, says Daniel. He definitely feels like the misguided violent vigilante that would be a good counter to Batman as a road not travelled. Um, Arrows. I guess that was the big clue for the master detective, one who may not be sure he's in a relationship. I kid, it's actually very cute. <laughs> and wow, Ivy is a bit of an airhead, and I kind of like it. She really comes off as someone who is not interested in what most people are into. I can believe she cares more about plants than people in the end. Is it me, or did Selena look a little hurt when Bruce said Ivy looked good? Mm-hmm. And haha, Harvey was only gone like an hour. Oh, Harvey, Killbots classic yes two two uh of our bullockisms of the week come from uh come, come from daniel there um yeah another great moment in the episode which is uh which is harvey saying uh, i was only gone like an hour when he finds out that that barnes has killed someone yeah. and uh jim is being framed for it and everything <laughs> really 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 good um but yeah i think i think you're right this this uh this idea of captain barnes being able to be um I suppose be forgiven for all of these murders he's committed and go back to his old life that really can't happen i know jim was trying to say um was trying to say to him but this means you're innocent here if you've had this uh you've had this blood inside you it means you're innocent and we can prove that you're innocent well it's probably not going to happen he's killed way too many people for this hasn't he <laughs> uh, he's really let that blood come in and and uh and take him over kind of like it's the voices, Derek. It's yeah. the voices. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I love the fact that I completely agree that Ivy is, is this kind of an airhead. Mm. And I think it, yeah, it, it's kind of down maybe to the, the younger side of her that's still trapped in a, an older person's body or mm-hmm. something like that. But also, yeah, the idea that she loves her plants. Absolutely. Um, You know, I wonder if she, then that means she just eats meat. She just eats meat? Yeah, or doesn't and not, meat not vegetables. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe she's a meatitarian. Yes. A meatitarian, exactly. <laughs> you um, never know. But thank you, Asian Daniel, uh, for that. That's uh, really nice feedback, and thank you for the the bullockisms as well. Absolutely. Uh, our other piece of feedback comes in from Claire Payne, who we got to meet over at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest Absolutely. over in London. Yeah, really nice to Hi, really Claire. nice to meet you, Claire. Um, Claire says, this was an episode of real mixed character developments. Jim and Captain Barnes in particular really stood out in this episode. It was good to see Jim actually investigating Barnes and not just relying on his natural detective instincts. I really like the doubt of Leslie and Harvey as they both think, why would Barnes kill? He is a man of the law with a 20-year clean record. With Jim's investigation into Barnes, leads Jim into a dangerous encounter with him. Uh, I really liked how Barnes spins the situation and makes it look like Jim has completely lost it. And Harvey seeing all the cops of the precinct suiting up. And thankfully, Harvey doesn't believe it any of it 
my bullockism of the week is I was gone for like an hour. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, Claire. Definitely a great one. Um, yeah, I, I think we've talked quite heavily about the the Jim and Barnes um, scenes in these episodes. It's something that I've always loved since the start of Gotham is the is the GCPD side of the show. So it was great seeing a bit more of that in the episode. Definitely. And um, Claire continues with the Nick Pot ship has capsized. It's not. Uh, I'm not surprised that Isabella didn't survive her car accident with Ed being heartbroken. Uh, I can't but think that they plan this character just to cause an enormous rift between Oswald and Ed, uh, as I can't see Nigma forgiving Oswald. One part of the story arc I like is that Oswald is a true narcissist and wants to control how Ed mourns. I love how Ed rages when Oswald gets Isabella's name wrong. <laughs> These guys are not yes. destined to be together. Uh, no, no. It, just this simple discussion between the two of them, simple conversation between the two of them, drives both of them into a rage. The idea that um, when Ed is mourning, he's playing the music way too loud so Oswald can't concentrate even though he's the one that murdered her um, <laughs> even the yeah. fact that Ed is put into the picture but as a small little figure <laughs> in the background to this huge um, narcissistic as you say Claire this this narcissistic Oswald front centre and, and taking up most of the, the picture frame yeah yeah hilarious yeah <laughs> um, and Claire continues with uh, when Edward arrives at the GCPD to identify Isabella's body it would have been interesting to see if Leslie would have noticed the resemblance to Miss Kringle especially as Isabella died with red hair uh, yeah, it's, it would have been pretty obvious if Leslie had uh, had been the one examining the body. Uh, she absolutely would have recognised it was Chris Kringle, wouldn't she? You would hope, because she gave Ed a good old right hook only a few episodes ago. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, she definitely recognised it. Yeah, no, that's a good point, that, actually. You know, that maybe just a little bit of dialogue picked up of, of Lee picking up on it would have been kind of a, a nice little tribute to an, another Christine Kringle, Isabella doppelganger <laughs> dying. I, I have a feeling they probably just didn't want anything more of the storyline because if you bring in the fact That's that true. Lee knows then you've got to expand this into a whole a whole thing where they go and investigate it maybe they just wanted to uh, just a little writing technique to make sure that maybe it wasn't the medical examiner that looked at this body Perhaps it was just an oil car accident is the way it was seen by the GCPD. So maybe that's the way they're getting around it. Um, Claire continues with Ivy, Selena and Bruce's scenes worked so well. I love how we get to see Ivy using her plant potions to get what she wants. Ivy getting into trouble, then revealing herself to Selena was a great way of bringing these two back together. Uh, still a lovely, naive way with Ivy, uh, especially when Definitely. she's negotiating with Bruce how much the necklace is worth. She really has no idea. Uh, what was really interesting is when Selena breaks the necklace in frustration and the key is revealed. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what that, what that key's for. Yeah, what does it... I wonder what it's going to open. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. be interesting to see. I'm sure we'll get it in a couple episodes' time. Who's got the lock? I, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. It'd be interesting to find out. Um, and finally, Claire says, John and Derek, it was an absolute delight to meet you both. Please forgive me for being sentimental, but I had never met such welcoming people. One of my highlights was knowing that you'd be exclusively interviewing David... Drew and Robin uh, enjoyed every moment of Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. The photo ops were fun and fast. Getting autographs from the six members of the Gotham cast was certainly a dream come true. Generosity with time was amazing and you never felt rushed. Gotham panel on Saturday was funny and informative and the crowd they attracted was overwhelming. Absolutely. Such a well-organized, safe event with the volunteers being so helpful and happy. Can't wait for next year. Claire, that's 
put it better than I could have put it about Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. It really was an excellent event. Really, really absolutely, it. and it was great to to meet you as well, and mm. and everyone else uh, at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. I mean, yeah, it was such a a good. Uh, event i mean you know it is a fan fest it's not a comic con in Mm -hmm. in in that sense um you know the panels were excellent i I loved the panel setup uh which was open it meant even if you didn't get a seat because of the olympia being um built the way it is there's there's kind of like a a a first tier balcony or all around the the main exhibition space so it means that on two sides of of the panel you could actually stand in the balcony and, and, and watch it mm-hmm. as well as the fact that the sides were open as well and I, I thought that was really good I, I think it just allowed for a bigger crowd to listen to these panels and and, and to interact with them and I know like Butch uh, or sorry Drew Powell was absolutely blown away when he walked out onto the stage I mean he was videoing it because he could see that okay it wasn't just that all the seats were packed um, for the panel, but that there were so many people along the sides, on the ground floor, and mm-hmm. up in this balcony watching, listening, participating, which is always the best thing about these events is the participation. Absolutely. Um, really, really well organized events. Um, the I, photos were great. I, the autographs were great. The um, Obviously, the... Um, the, the selfies that you could take as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it was, it, it was good. I mean, I think, you know, you just have to be aware it's a fan fest. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes if you like, in effect, what we did, you do a lot of stuff in, in one day. The next day, it, it becomes a bit more slow paced. <laughs> but obviously yeah. we did have, um, the interviews, uh, to do on day one and day two as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, there was still a lot for us, uh, to do. Absolutely. Uh, but one of the best things is just meeting everyone uh, and the community there. Yeah. A whole group of Gotham fans that travel from, from many countries of the world, actually. A lot of people from America, a lot of people from Europe as well, over, over for the show. It's really good. Um, thank you so much for your feedback, Claire. Thank you so much, Daniel, for your feedback. Absolutely. If, if thank you. you. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Claire. Uh, pleasure. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. And if you want to send in your fee- feedback, you can email us to feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com, as John mentioned. If you want to listen to those interviews or any of our other episodes, just go over and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can go directly over through gothamtvpodcast.com slash iTunes, or you can search for us on any good or evil podcast catcher. Just search for Gotham TV Podcast and you'll pick us up. Definitely. And of course, we will be back uh, for episode 10 of Gotham mm-hmm. Mad City called Time Bomb. Tick, tick, boom. Maybe that's what the key opens. Maybe. <laughs> or will it be the Mad Hatter? Ooh, time, his clock, hypnosis, maybe. But no, it's probably the key. You never know. Never Sets know. off a detonator and ends up with the crushing and blowing up of Gotham. (laughs) Uh, But that will be out, obviously, then next Wednesday, the 14th of June. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us again. We will be back with you on the 14th of June. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. It's, as always, a pleasure, and we will speak with you next time. Mm -hmm. Bye. Guilty. Guilty. Justice is served. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.